This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Hey everyone, it's Madison. Just a quick reminder that we are taking your questions all about evolution, divergent evolution, convergent evolution, whatever questions you have that you would like answered on our next Q&A at the end of the month. So maybe you want to know how your favorite Pokemon got some sort of adaptation or how one of your favorite Pokemon would develop, you know, the niche it would have in its ecosystem. Or how could certain Pokemon have develop the ability to evolve into some things and not other things or wide number of things. Any question that you have of how evolution would play in the Pokemon world, we want to answer. We want to help break down how evolution works and apply that concept to these games. So, hey, send in your questions and can't wait to hear from you. Bum, 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 bum. Bye, hey everyone, it's me, Madison, and I am joining uh, Steven, right? No. <laughs> Fred? No. <laughs> oh, Lila. Yes. Uh, and this is? Lila. And the show is? <laughs> Snake. No, and this show is called? Pika Science. <laughs> <laughs> Lila's Lessons, as Lila scolds me with sarcasm. <laughs> Welcome to Lila's Lessons. Today we're talking about what kind of animals? Snakes. Oh, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I don't know. <laughs> to be fair, you picked it. I did. All right, I still so, don't know. <laughs> so wait, <laughs> what what are snakes? Snakes are reptiles. They're ecothermic, which means they're cold-blooded animals. Yeah, so like they, they need to be in the sun, right? They have scales. Yeah, like the other reptiles we've talked about, right? <laughs> but they're not the same as crocodile scales, right? They're no, like they're real really scales. not. No. Okay. Um, what else about them? Um, they lay eggs. Some have live babies. No way. For real? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, a little baby newborn snake? I mean, it it would look the same as if it came out of an egg. Do you think they're cute? Probably. They live pretty much anywhere. Water, deserts, jungles, and grasslands, etc. Yeah. I mean, like, they live everywhere. Your fridge, your freezer, on a plane. I don't know a... On a plane? Where'd you get that from? I'm tired of these mother freaking snakes on this plate. <laughs> Don't you mean podcast? <laughs> and there's the title. Well, yeah, some of them can live in even like below freezing temperatures, like the European common adder. That's kind of cool. What else do we know about snakes? They're predators. They uh, are long. Well, so they come in a variety of sizes, yeah. right? They can range from four inches to over 20 feet. Some pythons can grow up to 32 feet. And that's big. That's really big. Those are like the, are those the ones that like families in a certain parts of uh, Asia keep as pets? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're really cute. I see that like little kids will like cuddle them and like they treat them like a family member. I would love a pet python. Would you? Where would we keep it? I don't know. <laughs> okay, we're just going to keep it anywhere. Okay, what else do we know about snakes? They shed their skin. Kind of that they're growing, but their old skin doesn't grow like ours, so they have to shed. Snakes have no eyelids. Wait, what? They don't blink. <gasps> That's terrifying. So they would win a staring contest. They hibernate during the winter. Oh, they curl up with a good book and do Netflix and chill. No, 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 no. They hibernate. What's the difference? You're thinking of in the winter, like... (laughs) I love you so much. I love you more than anything. All right, so there's two kinds of snakes, right? Yeah, constrictors and venomous snakes. And 
how you can tell how you can tell the difference is constrictors have flat head and short fangs. They don't have fangs at all. Oh, some of them don't have fangs at all. They don't have teeth. Wow. Constrictors have flat heads and no teeth. They're muscular or strong. Some of them can be huge. The giant anaconda can get up to three hundred pounds. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. There are other big constrictors too, like the python, the anaconda, and the boa constrictor. And then there are venomous snakes. Ooh. Venomous snakes have fangs. They have curved, not flat heads. Well, and like their fangs act like injection needles too, right? It does. It does. They They mostly inject venom through their fangs. Some can spit it like the spitting cobra. I once saw Steve Irwin pester spitting cobras, and they shot venom at him. Did he get it in his eyes? No, he wore like these gigantic like face shield sunglasses. Okay. He was like, "Crocky, I'm just gonna go touch it with a stick." What? Yeah. Then he was like, "Woo! What a beauty!" Anyways, some examples of venomous snakes are the banded sea snakes and rattlesnakes. Cobras. So what do adaptation snakes have? They don't really have legs. Some have like tiny little nub legs, but... Nub legs? <laughs> not really legs. Um, They can move fast and they're nimble. Well, that has to do with the fact that their like entire body structure is just like pure muscle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of having this entire complex skeletal structure, you know, they streamlined everything into this super muscle. They also can separate their jaws. They unhinge their lower jaw. It's sometimes split. And this can help them if they have a large prey. For example, some can swallow a goat. It can take an entire day for them to digest that kind of prey, though. That seems like a long time to sit there with your food. <laughs> so th- are they susceptible to attacks during that time? Uh, no, here are some reasons why. They have camouflage. Their coloration matches where they live. They can also crawl into holes, climb trees, or swim. So they have a lot of adaptations to kind of get away or live in different places or they kind do. of avoid. They do. Some of them can even, like, dig, right? Yeah, some. Okay, well, tell us some more. What other adaptations do snakes have? Because they have quite a bit. We have a pretty long list here. Venom can stop blood clotting. Yeah, so, like, they can't stop the bleeding, right? No, like, it can't stop unless you get treatment. Some live in, uh, groups or colonies. Yeah, and, like, some of them will even, like, when they do mating and stuff, there'll be, like, hundreds of them all gathered at once. It's really cool, yeah. Like, I I would love to see that. Well, and it makes it hard to, like, invade their territory. Some can glide. Yeah, we've seen them at Toledo Zoo, right? There are flying snakes, golden flying snake, Indian flying snake, paradise tree snake, and banded flying snake, mollican flying snake, all flying snakes. Yeah, we've seen some of these, though. Uh, they're really cool. And yeah. honestly, we need a Pokemon flying snake by far. I mean, they don't actually have wings and fly. They glide. Yeah, don't sparse. You're doing it wrong. What else do we know about snakes? Uh, they can move fast. The Black Mamba can move at 12.5 miles per hour really fast. They're outrunning me. <laughs> Yowie. They can smell with their tongue by flicking it through the air. Wait, I thought they were doing that to be just be intimidating. No. Or because they were evil. No. Oh, so the Jacobson organ actually does something? What? The organ on their tongue, it's called the Jacobson's organ. It actually allows them to, like, taste the uh, scents in the air. Yeah, yeah. Hear through bones on their lower jaw by feeling by vibrations. Yeah, so even though they don't have ears, and that's the big difference between legless lizards and snakes, is actually the ear holes, right? Yeah, the ear holes. Their ear holes are covered up in legless lizards. Legless lizards have, like, ear holes. Uh, they only eat dead prey, which I guess can help because if the prey is still alive in their stomach, it could chew out and kill them. And honestly, like, I didn't realize that because all the movies I grew up with, like, pe- you know, things get swallowed whole. 
which is not, it's not accurate. But that makes sense. Like, I never thought about that. Like, if you have something inside of you, like, squirming, that'd be bad. We'll talk about media betrayal later. Yeah, we will. They see an infrared. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> not all of them, but, like, a lot of them can. Yeah, a lot of them can see an infrared. So they're like the predator. You're not old enough for it. Don't worry about it. Uh, they use their pit organ. Yeah, that's what it's called. So it's it's uh it's a little organ in their eye that allows them to see infra infrared light. So it essentially lets them see heat, right? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some Pokemon. There's a lot of different Pokemon. Let's just go through some of the influences and we'll kind of move quick. Yeah. Okay. So Ekans obviously the first snake. There's quite a bit there that we picked out. What do we got? Ekin is a rattlesnake. Yeah, it's got rattles. Yeah, also though, it might be like the egg-eating snake because Ekans eat eggs apparently. Or even the ring-neck snake. I mean, like it has that ring around its neck, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what about Arbok? Arbok, Indian Cobra. Yeah, the hood. The hood there looks yeah. like the Indian Cobra, but it also might be... The King Cobra, it's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah, that thing's terrifying. Can you imagine like having that as a pet? Also, Cobra spell backwards spells Arbok. Onyx, joke on the rock python. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's a rock snake, rock python. I don't know if you're going to know what Dunsp so Dunsparce is based on the uh, Suchinoko. I hope I said that right. It's like a snake like yokai. Um, and we've talked about yokai on the show before. These Japanese creatures from like folklore and mythos. But we got Surviper and Surviper is clearly... Vipers? Yeah, most likely though based on like the hobby, which is Japanese Viper. And because they're associated with fighting mongooses and Surviper fights Zangoose, right? <laughs> yeah. What about Snivy? Uh, snake? Yeah, maybe it's a snake. <laughs> Uh, legless lizard or snakes? Skinks? Yeah, we're not really sure what Snivy is, are we? Besides adorable. <laughs> yeah, it is. Snivy's one of your favorites, right? Yeah. I have my name named it Draco. <laughs> oh, that poor thing has had so many names. It used to be named Tree Branch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy that I taught you girls to name your Pokemon plush, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> Anyways, um... Uh, so we have another one too, right? Superior. Yeah, and that's like a vine snake, right? Like tree snake. It's green yeah. and lives in grass. Yeah. What else we got? Silicobra. Cobra, obviously. Yeah, and its head looks like those venomous snakes too, yeah. right? The shape of the head. Yes. Sanaconda and Anaconda because it's huge constrictor snake. It also might be a sidewinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like it lives in the desert. A ball python. It hides its head. Yeah, it like curls up. Ball pythons are those cute ones that people like to play with where they like roll themselves into a ball. We've identified the snake Pokemon, right? Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about their adaptations. Okay. So Ekans has a lot of adaptations. What kind of adaptations does it have? It eats egg and it's venomous. It's a poison type. Shoots venom for its poison. Um. And those are great adaptations too, because A, the eating eggs allows it to eat prey that's not going to hurt it. And having that venom allows it to paralyze or attack prey so that they weaken so it can eat them. Easy meals, right? Mm-hmm. They can climb trees. Mm-hmm. You know, great way to find prey or get away from predators. Yeah, it can detach its jaw. Gotta swallow that prey whole. <laughs> yeah. Curl in a spiral at rest. It can respond fast. Uses its tongue to smell and it rattles. Yeah, and the tongue thing is just like, you know, real life snakes too, right? Yeah, and it sneaks through grass. Yeah, and the rattle's a great adaptation too because it allows it to kind of warn things that like, hey, don't get near me. Yeah. And, you know, going through grass, if it can sneak through it, it can sneak up on preys without them knowing it's coming. Yeah, um, it Ar- Arbok, yeah? We have Arbok? Arbok markings a very area to area. So we talked about that before with Mantine. Can you explain that? Basically, the markings on it tells you where it's from. Which is helpful for the animal how? It helps them when they're looking for a mate. Yeah, because then they know which ones are, like, friendly, right? Yeah. It can spray venom. Yeah, how is that an adaptation? 
Um, can blind its prey. Yeah, and it doesn't have to get close to them too, right? No, it really doesn't. So it allows it to attack and, you know, fight without having to risk injury. You know, really good adaptation for any living thing. The markings intimidate. The intimidate. Prey and predators. Yeah, so intimidating prey is really great because they're less likely to fight back. Because they just want to get away. Um, it blinds its prey. It can crush uh, steel, oil, drums. Yeah, so like binding its prey and like crushing is kind of a really great adaptation because, you know, it allows them to kind of break bones and stuff so that the their prey don't fight back. And it allows them to decrease the, the risk of injury, right? Onyx, um, gigantic. It's just huge. It can just, it can just crush its prey. Yeah, or... We don't know if it's a predator. Maybe it's a prey. We're not sure. Uh, but being that big makes it really hard for things to eat you. Body becomes as hard as a diamond, which is, it's really, diamond's really hard. Yeah, it's strongest thing. Like, who's going to eat it? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not me, not you. It can move up to 50 mile per hour. That's really fast. It's incredibly fast. I know, it's scary. I mean, it's kind of cute. Magnet and brain access a compass. Yeah, so it kind of knows where it's at at all times, which is a really great adaptation because it can navigate better. It lives underground. How is that an adaptation? Um, well, because the predators can't find you. Oh, that's a really good adaptation then. Yeah. Yeah, and Onyx lives underground too, which is a really great adaptation because it can avoid predators or sneak up on prey. So um, Dunsparce, Dunsparce has some weird adaptations, right? What's it do? Digs holes. Yeah, to get away from predators. Like what a great, like, you know, like, hey, you can't catch me. Ha ha. Can float with its wings. Yeah, those little weird wings are for more than just show. And it lives in deep caves. Yeah, that's a pretty good adaptation too, right? Like, because nothing's going to come to it to attack it. No, nothing. So it's less likely to get injured, less likely to get hurt, you know, more likely to do the things it wants to do. So Viper um, has long fangs. So how is that an adaptation? Uh, they're better for injecting venom because it doesn't have to get that close. Yeah, yeah, great, 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 great. Like, if you don't get close, you don't risk getting hurt. And it has a sword-like tail. Seems like a pretty good adaptation, too. So what is that sword-like tail for? I don't know, cutting stuff. (laughs) I'm gonna cut you up, buddy. Maybe. (laughs) And it has venom. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's always a really good adaptation. (laughs) If you paralyze your foe or they bleed out before they can hurt you, it's a pretty good adaptation. Snivy is very smart, and that can help because if its prey is not smart at all, its prey dumb, then, well, then it just outsmarts its prey. Yeah, being a really, like, that's what makes predators so great, is that they are intelligent, and they're good at problem solving. It has photosynthesis. Free energy from the sun, yo. Free energy. It is camouflage because it's green, and it lives in grass areas, which are also green. Yeah, which helps it how? Helps it hide from predators and sneak up on prey. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. So now we get to talk about Superior too, right? Superior, uh... Is adorable. <laughs> sunlight for energy, which is good because if it doesn't make a successful hunt, you can just bask in the sun. Yeah, I mean, free extra energy means you get to have, you know, more longevity, right? Yeah, I guess. It has a strong gl- glare. Yeah. Well, what does the, the snake glare do? It makes them freeze in fear. Oh, so like that's an adaptation because it allows the snake to do what then? Just eat it. Yeah, like they can strike without like any resistance, right? It has camouflage because it's just like Snivy. It's green and it lives in grass. Yeah, and trees and stuff, right? Um, Silicobra. 
Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> it can dig. That's a great adaptation. Yeah, and it swallows sand, stores it in its neck pouch to shoot at prey. So how is that a good adaptation? That sounds disgustingly... Blind its prey with sand and spit. Oh, so then like they can't fight back. I guess. I mean, they could. They just don't want to. Do you think he likes to eat sandwiches? No. <laughs> um, it has camouflage. It does? Yeah. Same color as the sand that it spits. Oh. Sandakana can spray 220 pounds of sand. That's a lot of sand. Yeah. Could make fill a small pool. Ew. Yeah, that's gross. Well, like, imagine having that much sand or, like, eating that much sand. <laughs> that's gross. It coils and to hide its head. Yeah, so its head's not getting injured. Is there anything else the coiling lets it do? It helps it strike faster. What do you mean? Well, if a prey or predator is near and they're trying to run away, it can just go... Oh. Nice hand motions there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it, right? Like, yeah. that coil position that snakes have is actually really beneficial because it allows them to pull back and kind of release a lot of energy all at once. Yeah. All right, well, let's let's move on. We're going to talk about the app. We got to talk about some things we got to do. There's some important notes, though, that we don't usually have important notes before we wrap it up. But I think there's a few things that we need to let our listeners know and understand, right? Uh, snakes play an important role in their ecosystem. Yeah, they keep a lot of things like pests, like mice and rodents, like in check. And it's really important when you think about it. Their venom may have medical applications. It's, it's really good. Yeah, so we're actually not sure what all their venom might do. But there's been a lot of research that has shown that there is medical medical application for sure. Scientists don't know as much about them as they would like. Some of their threats are also climate change because they are ecothermic. Yeah? It they're the same temperature as what's around them and being too hot. Too it gets hot. too hot, it changes them, right? Mm-hmm. Loss of more habitat. Yeah, I mean, like, like you know, if your habitat, you know, is flooded, you can't live there. Not that it's funny, but I mean, that's why we're going to the Everglades this summer so that you can see it while it's still there. But also, like, climate change can cause, like, mating issues, which we've kind of talked about before, that, you know... For snakes, it's even different because it can throw off like snake. Uh, it can throw off mating like uh, seasons with larger fluctuations and seasonal changes, which is kind of a problem. But they also face loss of habitat, right? Yeah, deforestation and loss of habitat are big ones too. And we talked about that with all a lot of these other animals too, right? Like tigers, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. Pollution is also a big problem, uh, especially for like aquatic snakes too. Yeah. That because they live in the water. If it's pollutant, then they might breathe it in or drink it or be eating it and that's not good yeah well and you know we know reptiles amphibians tend to be more susceptible to uh, pollutants can also damage their ecosystems a lot it's really bad yeah poaching don't buy snakeskin products people are still making snakeskin stuff and that's a threat we're also just hunting snakes for no reason, and it's really bad to do that. So yeah, they're being hunted, and some states actually have like um, regulated like what they call hunts. You know, in the Western U.S., they have uh, rattlesnake hunts, and I've heard of diamondback hunts, if I'm not mistaken, too. I do know it's different though. When we're talking about in Florida. Yeah. I do know that they have to, they like have to get rid of those invasive species, and that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. That's not the same as hunting a native species. No, it's not. Florida has an issue with invasive pythons yeah. in the Everglades. Florida has to get rid of those. But they do, you, don't, you don't get rid of rattlesnakes if they're native, no. Yeah, and that's the difference between a native versus an invasive species, which the show was definitely going to talk more about coming up. Yeah. And the last big issue? Media portrayal. Movies always make snakes to be monsters. They're really not. Yeah, I mean, guys, clearly Slytherin isn't monsters. <laughs> 
I can't say it with a straight face. Lila's giving me the death look because Slytherin's her favorite house. <laughs> um, but also, like the title of this episode, right? Snakes on a plane is it's like this Maybe huge. Yeah, I'm tired of these snakes on this plane for sure. Try not to get bit because they might kill the snake that bit you. Yeah, and so that's one of the issues too. Like the best way to help protect them is actually just to avoid them. Leave them alone. Don't interact with them. It, you know, keep your eyes eyes out and, you know, be mindful of where your hands and feet are. And if you see them, don't don't go near them. Yeah. Don't buy snake skin products. Yep, pretty easy. <laughs> you don't need to do it. Don't do it. It's a trap. Citizen science projects let people know. Well, you and I were listening to uh a couple of researchers talk about how like citizen-led science projects have actually helped scientists gain uh, new insights into snakes because, you know, A, they live underground or they live in holes and they're like hard to study in the wild. And yeah, so, they really are. And you should really try to help them. And well, and these projects allow more people to be in the field to give information. Yeah. One of those projects helped give information. Uh, we learned a couple of different things, right? One of the examples was about like the anaconda and the dolphins, mm-hmm. which was weird. Uh, but one of them was about like they discovered that like, uh, I think it was like catfish that like ate rattlesnakes. <laughs> Maybe they taste good. I, I, I've never eaten snake. Anyways, um. We should fix that. Donate to snake research programs. Yeah, just donate. Help them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, protect their prey. Yeah, if they have food, they can do better. If they don't have anything to eat, they can't live. And the biggest one is... Stop killing them. No, just don't, don't kill them, guys. Don't like, it's kill pretty... them. <laughs> don't kill them. And they will be good. <laughs> If you don't kill something, it will be alive. <laughs> yeah, it'll be alive if it doesn't die. If it doesn't die, it'll be alive. All right. Well, thank you, Lila. That was a fun episode. I love doing this with you, and I can't wait for the next one. Bye. Peace out. That was great.